0: Back in my uh, youth pastor days, uh, every summer we would load up the van and uh, put on attach the trailer um, and head to camp. We uh, the, the van held fifteen, and I remember one summer when I believe we were full or almost full uh, to capacity, and then that trailer was just. And well, I guess I don't need to tell you about the trailer except that somebody realized uh, that the trailer was was kind of beaten down and needed a paint job. So we showed up one day and the, the trailer was painted pool bottom blue is what I call it. Uh, I'm not sure why uh, why somebody had an extra gallon of pool bottom blue paint, but um, so just picture in your head an old uh, an old church van pulling a trailer that was painted pool bottom blue, and we headed from Junction City, Kansas, in the uh, the eastern part of Kansas, clear across the state and up the mountains of Colorado to uh, to the to Golden Bell Camp in Divide, Colorado, which uh, was a wonderful place to be once you got there, uh, but uh, 10 or 11 hours in the van pulling a trailer was uh, was a chore. I say all that to say that one year we had a, a a full group and that was awesome and we uh but but then uh you know we had this this whole trip and and you know, like I said it takes uh, 10 hours plus and then you got it all loaded down and you're going up a mountain at, takes a little bit longer. And uh, so I was talking at camp with one of my other youth pastor friends and and he was telling me about a different way that they went that uh, the speed limit was a little slower but you'd cut off some some time or you'd cut off instead of going up and around you actually could cut across uh and and uh, you know hardly anybody went that way and uh, maybe you could and so I thought well I'll try it so on the way home we loaded everybody up and uh, and we decided to uh, to go that way. Now you need to also know that uh, back in that day uh, I was kind of known for uh, wearing a um, uh, a hat, a propeller hat, a beanie hat. That was kind of my thing. So I, you know, the multicolored with the propeller on the top. Um, sorry, you didn't know me in those days. I was fun. Um, <laughs> but uh, just kidding no it started out because i wanted uh, wanted p- the the teens to be able to find me in big group settings and whatever and uh, the hat i uh, kind of stuck out so uh, so th- this was kinda, but then it kind of became this thing it was my thing and i was i was the guy with the beanie hat and so anyway so we are we're, we're we're tooling down the road we're heading home from uh, from camp a uh, great week at camp uh 14 15 people in the van pulling the pool bottom blue trailer and uh, we're heading down this this new Stretch of uh, stretch of highway, got the beanie hat on, and uh, we're singing to the Veggie Tales soundtrack CD, or whatever we're doing, and uh, you know it's like you know late '90s. Okay, just give us a break. And um, and and anyway, driving down the road, tooling down the road, and I look in the mirror, and I see the blue and red lights coming after me. Now, my first thought was, how in the world did I get this van and trailer? Up to be over the speed limit. Uh, I guess because we were coming down the mountain instead of going up. But uh, uh, anyway, so so we're on this lonely stretch of highway. Uh, he had warned me that the uh, the the speed limit was a little lower here, but it would cut off distance. And so in the long anyway. Uh, I remember, you know, pulling over, we, you got us, you know, pulling over, wondering in my head, does the, the church pay for a ticket if the youth pastor gets it? And I found out later that, that's not the case. Um, but, uh, I checked. Um. But anyway, I watched this, uh, this uh, officer, you know, walk slowly up past the pool bottom blue trailer and, and up past the, uh, the van and he, uh, he gets to the window and he looks at me and he looks at the hat and then he does one of these. <laughs> and it was at that moment that I decided that I was going to swallow my pride and take one for the team and be a little bit embarrassed and uh, see if I could maybe get out of this thing. Um, so, uh, he made some joke about, uh, maybe the, he saw, you know, that we're pulling all this and how in the world could we, uh, could we get up to speed? He said, maybe, uh, you know, you had your hat on and the propeller was blowing and it got you going a little bit quicker. And I, ha ha ha, uh, I. Tried my best to uh, pretend like he was funny. Um, I, my first thought was to say, you're mocking me, aren't you? But I didn't say that. I held my tongue. Uh, I, I figured I could endure a little embarrassment in order to try to get out of the ticket. And the more we talked back and forth, he put his little pad away. He told me to watch my speed. He told me to put the propeller hat away. Ha ha, thank you very much. Uh, and said, have a safe trip, watch your speed. And so after that warning, I drove a few miles an hour under the speed limit the rest of the way home. I deserved punishment, did not get it. I had received mercy. Has anybody here ever received mercy before? A couple of you, I see that hand. Okay, has anybody ever extended mercy before? Any parents, probably, if your children are still alive, you have (laughs) extended mercy before. Uh, Jesus says that it is the merciful who are next on the list of those who are hashtag blessed right so we're halfway through this uh, this list uh, there are eight groups of people that God calls out here as blessed uh, the title of this series yeah, hashtag blessed it's a little tongue-in-cheek because usually we see something on on social media tagged blessed uh, we we think it's uh, it usually is something great and awesome that uh, that someone is projecting out there something great that's happening in somebody's life uh, some experience they got to do or whatever that case might be. If you've noticed, or if you follow me, I've tried to tag virtually everything I, I post uh, this through this series as hashtag blessed. That is definitely uh, tongue in cheek, just for fun, um, and uh, and and yet it's uh, it's it's what we see uh, a lot of the time. Mostly, we uh, if I think about a blessing, and this is just natural, I think. But if I think about a blessing, then it's usually it usually means something great for me. Because something great is coming into my life, I say, wow, that's a blessing. And it certainly is. Uh, but Jesus' list here, as we've seen the Matthew chapter 5, the Beatitudes, the blessed are those, uh, the, this list uh, is less about what we get and more about who we are and how we serve. It, it's not about, oh, I get a bunch of good stuff, I'm hashtag blessed. But it's, wow, I'm, uh, this is about who we are. And uh, and and how we serve, and it's those folks who are blessed. Yeah, I want you, I want to emphasize here because uh, I think it's easy for us to 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 walk through this. So I want to make sure that we're we're looking at this right. It, this is not a list of I do this and therefore then I get this. If, if I'm, if I'm like this, if I do this, then I'm gonna get this, then I get this blessing. Uh, Jesus is actually saying, blessed are the poor in spirit, uh, there's the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, they will be covered. Uh, so, he's, he's really just stating facts. He's, and that, that word blessed, as I've told you, uh, in the past, uh, it means fortunate or or happy It's basically just saying uh people that are like this are are happy, and these are this is what they're going to get because of and this is what they have because they are blessed and because of of what uh what they're they're going through uh it's It's just simply factual statements uh, I don't want you to read these uh these this list of of blessed items or blessed people and and think well well i I want blessing so i guess i'm going to be poor in spirit i want to be blessed so i guess i'm going to mourn that's still missing the whole point and it's still it's still self-centered we're still chasing the blessing because i want to be blessed i'm going to do this and it's still this self-centered i want to get stuff for me instead of chasing the blessing we need to be seeking jesus and in seeking Jesus, He is poor in spirit. Uh, He is, He is the one who's going to bring the blessing. He is going to, and the list can go down. This is what Jesus is like. Uh, Jesus looks like these characteristics. Uh, and so, we come today to, blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Again, don't read it and say, well, I want to be shown mercy, so I guess I'm going to be merciful. Uh, that's that's not the point. It's it's not, oh, I want this blessing. It's, I want to be more like Jesus. He's merciful. I'm going to be merciful. Oh, and the fact is that those who are merciful will also receive mercy. So let's read this list again. Matthew chapter 5, uh, verses 3 through 12. Jesus, at the start of this uh, this famous sermon, the Sermon on the Mount... He goes up the mountain just a little ways, sits down, his disciples gather around him, and he starts off with a quippy little story. Like, no, he he starts off with a video. No, he starts off with this list. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. who were before you? So we're looking uh, specifically today at verse number seven. Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Have you ever played the uh, the, the the childhood game Mercy? Anybody ever uh, played that? You got your your hands and you you link them up, right? And uh, and then you try to kill the other. No, you try to hurt the other person, right? That's it. Yeah. I, I was gonna, you know, I, I toyed with the idea of pulling somebody up here and trying to play, and I didn't want to lose. So, um, so I. Uh, but but basically, you know, you you link fingers and then you say go, and then you're trying to hurt them until the other person can't take it anymore, and then they say mercy. And it's at that point that the other person then is supposed to let go having one. Having an older brother, I can tell you that that's the way it's supposed to go, but that's not always the way it goes. Uh, but, uh, but, but it's, it's that, that scent that, that, uh, I can't take it anymore. And so, uh, so I, uh, I cry out for mercy, right? And I think that game illustrates what we usually think about mercy. Uh, usually, we we think about uh, this—you know—the the person that's crying out for mercy is 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 weak, uh, maybe wimpy, maybe they 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 can't cope, they they can't make it, it hurts too much, uh, can't pay the penalty, whatever the the situation might be. So I need mercy. I can't handle it myself. I need mercy. And the one extending mercy, I think, if we look at that game, the one extending mercy is in a position of power and control, right? And, and many times using mercy as manipulation, right? And, and inflicting enough pain and yeah, I'll give you mercy if you line up and do what I want you to do. But that's, that's not really the picture that Jesus is communicating as he's talking about mercy here. As with the other Beatitudes that we've looked at, uh, what appears to be weakness, is strength. And what we may use for selfish intent, God desires us to use for his kingdom. So, so I want us, first of all, to define mercy. What are these people do, doing? Uh, blessed are the merciful for they will be shown mercy. What are these people doing that are, that, that Jesus calls blessed? Uh, I, I think about mercy in the same breath. I think about grace, right? So grace and mercy, mercy and grace. For years, I've, I've, I've heard those defined something like this. Grace is, is giving someone something good that they don't deserve and mercy is withholding something bad from someone that they do deserve so so grace is uh i'm going to give you something just because right and uh, and mercy is i'm not going to punish you even though you deserve this i'm going to withhold uh the the bad uh that you deserve and i'm going to extend mercy instead. Uh, I think those are probably good uh, definitions. It starts to get us to understand what these uh, merciful folks are all about. Uh, either way, somebody's catching a break, right? Something good is, is, is happening uh, because someone has, uh, has not treated someone like maybe they deserve to be treated. The dictionary defines mercy as, quote, an act of compassion, kindness, or favor and it it uses synonyms like forgiveness leniency and clemency so mercy is a gift that we give to people who don't deserve it or who haven't earned it uh we even say that that the person is uh the person that's in need is is at the mercy of the one who uh who who has uh, has the power so to speak or who is offering it we are at the mercy of So, so, so that's what mercy is, but why would mercy, why would being merciful be something that is blessed? I think a couple of, a couple of things to highlight today. Why, why should we be merciful? Uh, the first reason is that God is merciful. It's a theme all the way through the Bible. Uh, believe it or not, even in the Old Testament, uh, well, multiple times we see we see uh, uh, God uh, in in this mer- extending mercy. Uh, seven different times we see this this, this phrase, uh, uh, virtually the same phrase every time, uh, extending from Exodus all the way through to the uh, the prophets toward the end of the Old Testament. Seven different times, the same phrase is used that God is compassionate and gracious, slow to anger, about. In love, he does not treat us as our sins deserve. So so that phrase or a combination of those things, those thoughts seven different times uh spanning hundreds and hundreds of years uh God is described as a god of mercy compassionate and gracious slow to anger abounding in love uh the the last time that's used in the in the Old Testament is in the book of Jonah so Jonah is the uh the guy who got swallowed by the whale and when he finally he realized God made uh was you know was serious about all this uh he uh, he said okay I'll go and uh, he went to Nineveh to the uh, to the uh, the awful people of Nineveh, and God said, "Preach against them because they're evil and wicked." And so Jonah preached against them because they were evil and wicked. And then he went up on the mountainside or on the hillside, overlooking the city, waiting for all the punishment to come. And it didn't come because the people of Nineveh repented and said, "God, we're sorry." And Jonah. <laughs> Got a little peeved. I don't know if you've read the last book, a uh, last chapter of Jonah. It's more than just the whole whale thing. But Jonah got a little peeved at God, and and he said he, he said I knew that you were a gracious and compassionate God, slow to anger and abounding in love, a God who relents from sending calamity. And Jonah's saying that as if it's a bad thing, right? <laughs> He's like, I went through this whole fish thing and and got swallowed and erped up and all this stuff, all that and. God, the reason I'd rent the other way is because I knew you were going to be, be nice anyway. Come on. I say all that to say God was known as, Jonah knew that it was well known that God was a God of mercy, not a God of wrath and judgment. I, I, I think, I think we, we have this this view of, of God in the Old Testament as this kind of God. But yet, throughout the Old Testament, we see that God is described as compassionate and gracious, slow to anger, abounding in love. Why should we be merciful? Because God is merciful. Uh, the, the same theme continues in the New Testament. In Ephesians chapter 2, God is described as, quote, rich. In mercy, in Titus, it's God's mercy that that saves us. In Hebrews 4, we're told that we receive God's mercy in our time of need. James describes God as, quote, full of compassion and mercy. Uh, Peter emphasizes that that God's mercy has, quote, given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. Jude tells us that God's mercy is what brings us eternal life over and over and over and over again. The Bible describes God as merciful I don't know what picture of God you came in with today maybe it's been a picture of a God who is harsh and accusing a God maybe a a mean old guy who's trying to steal all your fun you better behave because God's out to get you and he's gonna smack you nothing could be further from the truth God is a God of compassion grace and And mercy. He does not treat us as our sins deserve, but instead has extended mercy. Why mercy? Because God is merciful. And... The other reason is God expects us to be merciful. Uh, One reason uh, uh, that that it's a fact that the merciful are blessed is because the merciful are simply uh, emulating God. They're simply obeying God because he tells us to be merciful. He expects us to be merciful. God declared through the prophet Micah that he requires his people to act justly, love mercy, and walk humbly with their God. Uh, God said through the prophet Hosea, I desire mercy, not sacrifice. And then Jesus, twice in the book of Matthew, quotes that exact same phrase and emphasizes and underlines and highlights and circles, I desire mercy, not sacrifice. Matthew chapter 18, Jesus tells this whole parable, this whole story about uh, the importance of extending mercy. And then at the end of that, he says, shouldn't you have mercy on others just as I had on you? Mercy is expected of us. Why should we be merciful? Because mercy, God expects us to be merciful. So when we're being merciful, we're being like God. And God expects that of us, and so he says that the merciful are blessed. So be merciful. Let's pray, right? It's easier said than done, right? I, I mean, there are laws for a reason. We can't just go throwing everything out the window. Everything's okay, no big deal. We just can't say, oh, just do whatever you want to. It's all right, no problem. Uh, but I don't think that's exactly what mercy is all about. Uh, Jesus is is not telling us that we need to ignore offenses and, and just, just give handouts to everybody. And uh, I mean, mercy, uh, again, mercy kind of seems kind of wimpy. Um. There's definitely more to mercy than that, so I want us to see, first of all, where mercy comes from, what it's rooted in, the origin of mercy, and then just a couple of snapshots of what mercy might look like in our lives today. These days, it's popular to, to, uh, to, to do the origin story of the, I've, virtually uh, every movie that was a hit, it seems like nowadays they're making an origin story movie about it, mainly because they can't think up any new good stories, but that's a whole other conversation. Uh, Star Wars has, has done this. Not only are they coming out with, with new movies every couple of years that, that, uh, move the story along, but now they're going back and you saw, if you saw Rogue One, now we know, uh, how Princess Leia got the plans for the, the Death Star, right? And so she was, and she's talking to, sorry. And, uh, Couple of months in May, we've got the the backstory, the origin story of Han Solo. Um, I'll stop, uh, but uh, you get the point. Origin stories are, uh, are are big these days, and I think it it sheds some light on things. Um, and and so I think it's important for us to know. Don't just be merciful, but uh, but but to see where mercy comes from, what it's rooted in, what it's growing out of. Where does mercy come from? What's the origin? Why should I extend mercy instead of enforcing the letter of the law all the time? Uh, Why would God not treat us as our sins deserve? I mean, we deserve this. Shouldn't God just treat us like that? Uh, Why should should I extend mercy? It's spelled out in Ephesians chapter 2, verses 4 and 5. The origin of mercy. The Apostle Paul says, But because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ, even when we were dead in transgressions. It is by grace you have been saved. Love is the origin of mercy. Because of his great love for us, God would not be rich in mercy if it wasn't for his great love for us. We see mercy, it's a byproduct of, of love. I mean, we can, we can show pity. We can even be nice to some, we can be cordial to someone. We can even do a favor for someone, uh, without love. But mercy, as God is, is desiring mercy, as, as Jesus says, the merciful, those who are merciful, uh, this kind of mercy, uh, is, it comes from a selfless love that wants to bestow favor and blessing on others. The more love that I have, the more I will show mercy. Mercy is rooted in, grows out of, comes from, its origin is love. And so we can't just go out into the world and say, I'm going to be merciful, but we have to see it in the context of love. Because God loves me and I love God, because God loves others and I love others, I allow him to love them through me, and part of that love for them is extending mercy. That's where mercy comes from. What does mercy look like? Well, there's a whole lot of ways that mercy, uh, uh, ways that it looks, and, and it's it's more than what we can cover today. I just want to just to look real quick at three different pictures of, of mercy. Mercy, uh, first of all, looks a lot like compassion. I want to read you the story of uh, of a, a woman named Patricia who worked as a staff person in a hospital, and, and she wrote out uh, her story of, of, of one night working in the emergency room. She says this, While at work in the emergency room, I learned to stop crying at the pain around me. Each day, it seemed I was becoming insensitive to people and their real needs. Five years of emergency room exposure had taken its toll. Then God intervened. She says, I was taking information for registering a young woman who had overdosed on drugs and had attempted suicide. Her mother sat before me as I typed the information into the computer. The mother was unkempt and bleary-eyed. She'd been awakened in the middle of the night by the police uh, uh, to come to the hospital. She could only speak in a whisper. Hurry up, I said to myself as she slowly gave me the information. My impatience was raw as I finished the report and I jumped to the, the copy machine to copy the medical cards. And that's when God stopped me at the copy machine. She spoke to He spoke to my heart so clearly. You didn't even look at her. You didn't even look at her. She says, I felt his grief for her and for her daughter, and I bowed my head. I'm sorry, Lord. I'm so sorry. And I sat down in front of the distraught woman, and I covered her hands in mine, and I looked into her eyes with all the love that God could flood through me, and I said, I care. Don't give up. And she wept and wept. She poured her heart out to me about the years of dealing with a rebellious daughter as a single mom. Finally, she looked up and she thanked me. Me, the cold-hearted one with no feeling. My attitude changed that night. My Jesus came right into the workplace in spite of rules that tried to keep him out. He came in to set me free, to care again. He gave himself to that woman through me. Just one snapshot. To emphasize the fact that mercy looks a lot like compassion for others. God's people are compassionate. People. we see example of this all over the bible uh, i think maybe the best place is jesus parable of the good samaritan uh the the story that's the story of the guy who got mugged and, and left for dead on the side of the road and the re- religious guys came by and they didn't want to have anything to do with him and then this this foreigner this uh, samaritan came by and and took care of things he gave him medical care he, he he set up his lodging he gave him food uh it's a story of extending mercy extending care extending compassion to someone in need This man was in need and the Samaritan showed mercy and met his needs. Theologian Sinclair Ferguson, uh, writing about this parable, uh, notes a a few things about the, the Samaritan. First of all, he says that, that the Samaritan didn't deal with the cause of the man's need by chasing the robbers. Right? He, He didn't, he didn't mess with that. He didn't complain about the failure of a society to allow this to happen. He didn't, he didn't complain about failure of society to, to uh, not meet the man's needs or complain about the religious leaders who, who came by and didn't do anything. Instead, he simply addressed the immediate need in front of him and he did what he could to bring relief. He showed compassion to the need that was set right before him. That's mercy. You guys do this a lot. Our church uh, is involved in, in compassionate ministries all over the place. Just yesterday uh several of us uh, helped with the Medina personal care pantry. Uh, uh usually I didn't I didn't don't have the count yet, but usually 200 plus uh, people come through to uh, to get items that they can't afford otherwise. Uh in a couple of weeks uh, a couple of us will help the Montville Police Department as we deliver food to uh, to families in need. Uh this Saturday I told you about the spaghetti dinner. Well, it's not just about feeding your face uh with with pasta, it's about supporting the ministry of uh of our church sending a team to to inner city columbus to serve for a week uh, not only to to meet needs there but also to learn how we can we can better meet needs here and show compassion and grace and mercy uh, we assemble crisis care kits every year and this spring we'll we'll be doing that again as as we uh, collect items that are needed in the face of, uh, of, of crises around the world uh, several of you uh, sponsor children like our family does uh, around the world and uh, and helps to, to meet their needs uh, uh our, our entire denomination has an entire section, uh, an entire part of its ministry called Nazarene Compassionate Ministries. And uh, it's all about meeting the needs of people uh, on the front lines of, of ministry and showing mercy to those in need. Of course, compassion is not limited to formal ministry opportunities. Uh, you always have a chance, we all always have a chance to have compassion for people literally every day. Compassion is a central part of what it means to follow Jesus. And mercy looks a lot like compassion. Blessed are the merciful. We could insert in there, blessed are those who show compassion. I think another thing that comes to mind, uh, another picture of mercy, is that mercy looks a lot like forgiveness. and We could take... uh, from now till uh, till June, probably going through uh, uh, all the nuances of what forgiveness is and what forgiveness isn't, and and what it looks like, and and all those kinds of things. And and, uh, and but but we need to recognize we don't have time for for all of that today. But but just to recognize specifically that that forgiving someone is an act of mercy it's not that it's easy it's 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 difficult but but i don't think we can talk about mercy without talking about forgiveness uh, so although we can't go in depth uh, i, I want to highlight just a couple key components of forgiveness first off you have been forgiven so forgive colossians 3:13 says forgive as the lord forgave you uh, i guess the, the 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 phrase is or the emphasis is forgiven people forgive Uh, If you've been forgiven, you should be forgiving. Uh, People that have been forgiven, forgive. Because you have been shown mercy, show mercy. It's all in the context of love. Because God loves me and I love him and God loves others and, and I love them too, I will extend his mercy as forgiveness. I came across a a great statement that I think helps to highlight uh, uh, forgiveness, God's type of forgiveness. And, and, And it simply says this, God forgives where wrong has been done, where repentance begins, because atonement has been made. God forgives where wrong has been done, where repentance begins at because atonement has been made. Just taking those three little phrases there, uh, first off, we have to acknowledge in forgiveness we acknowledge that something wrong has happened uh, it 's not just no big deal uh, we don't uh, forgiveness isn't uh, i 've been hurt but i 'm going to let you off the hook uh, and and not acknowledge the the pain or the hurt that 's been caused. It is a big deal. Lewis Smeads uh, says forgiveness always comes with blame attached. If I'm forgiving you of something, it means that I'm recognizing and you're recognizing that you did something. And so I'm not just saying no big deal. I'm saying you did this. I'm choosing to forgive anyway. Saying I forgive you acknowledges that you hurt me, but I'm still willing to offer mercy. Forgiveness comes with where wrong has been done. Next, God forgives after repentance begins. And I think maybe we think that, that God just forgives, and it doesn't matter what we do, He's just always forgiving. But, but we see over and over in Scripture, God is always ready and willing to forgive, but He waits for us to realize our sin and to repent before He gives His forgiveness. He doesn't forgive unrepentant sinners. And so in in our relationships if someone has wronged you and they and they show no remorse you can't extend forgiveness yet. I mean you can you can choose to be uh to to not be bitter, you can choose to not hold a grudge, you can choose to love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. You can do all of those things and and make sure that you are not letting that fester inside of you, but there will be no reconciliation of the relationship uh until there is remorse and repentance. But when repentance begins, forgiveness and mercy rush in. Again, it's real easy for me to say a few sentences like that. And it's it's, uh, much more difficult to live that out day to day. But that's what mercy requires of us. God forgives after repentance begins. And God forgives because atonement has been made. It's not that God just says, oh, I love you anyway, no big deal. Forgiveness, mercy, comes at at a great cost. Atonement has been, sin is a big deal. It took the death and resurrection of Jesus, God's son, to overcome sin. And so in our forgiveness of others, we need to see that God has paved the way, allowing us to extend mercy because of his mercy shown to us in Jesus. Forgiveness is, is difficult. Sometimes it's a lifelong process. But mercy, many times, looks a lot like forgiveness one more thing that maybe we don't think a whole lot about when we think about mercy and and i think that that mercy looks a lot like sharing the gospel merciful people talk to jesus about people who don't know him and they talk to people who don't know him about jesus merciful people talk to jesus about people who don't know him yet and they talk to people who don't know him yet about jesus Uh, if our hearts are tender toward the physical needs of people and we show compassion by meeting their their physical needs why wouldn't we also have our hearts be tender toward their souls right I mean, I can volunteer and I can give a meal that will last a few hours or I can go to the pantry and hand out a bottle of shampoo that might last a couple of weeks. But but I think I'm missing the boat if I'm not also sharing the ultimate answer to the ache of our souls, our Savior, Jesus Christ. That's mercy. I, I mean, I... I think you're on board with me when I say that I believe with all of my heart that following Jesus is the best life possible. He describes it in John 10, 10 as abundant life. Uh, the message paraphrases it this way, more and better life than we ever dreamed of. That's what life with Jesus is all about. And not only here and now, but but with God's Spirit living within me, I experience that now, and also I have the promise of eternity, uh, face-to-face with Jesus, uh, for all eternity. Pretty awesome stuff. Abundant life, more and better life than we could possibly imagine. And so if I believe that, and if mercy is rooted in love for others... Wouldn't that mean that I would share the possibility of abundant life with God for eternity with anyone and everyone that I could possibly share it with? I mean, the merciful thing to do is to help break people out of a dead-end life that ends nowhere good and instead lead them to Jesus, the Savior of their souls, and life forever in heaven with him. Mercy looks a lot like sharing the gospel we're we're starting to uh uh to to become a church that does this intentionally and i and i think it it uh, i don't know we we uh just over the years i think the church has um you know we we talk about it a lot but then in in stepping into actually doing that it's it seems to be a lot harder than we think and our new mission statement that you're going to hear me say until you're you're sick of it and then i'm going to say it more just to make you sick and that is we live to love people to life. We live to love people to life. Uh, the, the point of of why we're here, the reason God has called us here is to love people. And part of that love is showing mercy to people so that they can experience the abundant life of Christ, not only in this life, but in the life to come. We live, we exist, our church and the people in our church exist to love people to life. We're on mission for God and mercy looks a lot like that. <laughs> Sharing the good news of abundant life with people. Well, we've talked a lot about mercy. Uh, we've, we've talked, uh, we've walked down a lot of roads, I guess, in looking at that. Ultimately, you have to ask yourself, you have to allow the Spirit of God to evaluate in your own heart and in your own mind, am I merciful? Am I one of those blessed people that is merciful, so God is extending mercy? Are you showing the love of God by extending compassion, by offering forgiveness, by sharing the good news of the gospel? I would challenge all of us, because it's real easy to to demand our rights and to say, you wronged me, and to treat people as their sins deserve. If we're going to be like the God that we serve, we'll be merciful. Will you stand with me? Father God, we thank you for your word and for the, uh, the, the life that it brings. We thank you for the mercy that you have extended to us, that while we were still sinners, you died for us. We, we, we thank you that, that it is because of your great love for us, uh, you who are rich in mercy made us alive in Christ. It is by grace that we have been saved. Lord, I pray that you will help us to extend that grace in our lives to the people that, that are around us. So that when they, when their lives brush up against ours, they get a picture of you. And, and one of the characteristics that they get is mercy. Lord, I, I pray that you'll help us to uh, to see opportunities even today, even this week, opportunities to extend mercy, to uh, to to extend forgiveness, to show compassion, to share the message of Christ with those around us. Lord, I thank you for the ways that you show us mercy. And I thank you for the ways that you will bring in our lives for us to show mercy to others. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.